Good. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Vile Files. Um, I'm Nick, your host. Uh, I have my uh, trusty sidekick, Rochelle, with me. What up? Um, and we have a very special, very interesting guest today, Tiffany Soria. Hello. Um, for those of you who may not know Tiffany, I think she has a very interesting backstory and she's doing some very uh, fascinating things with her life and in the community. And she also, I think, is uh, topical for some of the things that are, have been going on in, in the news the past few weeks. So I thought um, we'd bring her on, get to know Tiffany. She is the founder of the Novel Education Group. And um, I mean, I don't know. I'm always just fascinated by uh, people who um, who who start uh, businesses and unique things that are a bit outside of the box. Mm -hmm. um, um, in general, I think in the world today, it's very easy to have an idea. Um, it's not easy. But it can, first of all, it's hard to have an idea, I guess. But once you have the idea, it's, it's much harder to execute, execute that plan and, and turn it into a reality. And that's something that Tiffany has done. And um, at this I like uh, I like interesting people, so uh, we'll uh, we'll get to know Tiffany, and um, so yeah, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about what the the novel education group is, and then we'll go from there. Um, great. So uh, so we're you know we're essentially a homeschooling and private tutoring agency, but what we do that's a little bit different than your average agency is we cater to a demographic that. Um, sort of lives unconventional lifestyles. When you say unconventional, can you elaborate? Yeah, you know, we have students all, all across the board. So we help anyone from like a, like a young celebrity or young, you know, if you're like 15 years old and you've suddenly found yourself in a, in a record, in a record contract or, okay. or you're a young actor or you're a young athlete or something like that. So you live a life that doesn't really a traditional school setting doesn't really work for mm -hmm. you. Um, so we have those clients and then all the way, you know, to the other end of the spectrum, uh, business executives, uh, people who travel a lot for their jobs sure. or just people that are seeing, I mean like homeschooling had such a, when I was growing up anyways, had such a strange connotation sure. that came with it. Yeah. You know, it's like the, like, it was like the weird, the weird thing to do when you're, when you were in homeschool, but now it's turning into just an alternative way to do school. Some, some of my clients don't necessarily have a reason why they're not in, they're not in regular school. Um, they just prefer, prefer. The, they just prefer this type of schooling because we provide a really tailored service. I mean, it can be helpful, right? To you yeah, students. Definitely. My, my, uh, some of my younger siblings were homeschooled by my mom. I remember when she considered doing it and then the negative connotation, I was like, yeah, right. Oh, You're they're like, going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, do really we really want to go friends? down that path? Yeah. Um, 
And it ended up being very beneficial um, from my younger siblings who did that. They didn't, they, once they got to high school, they went to, to high school, but they got a more personal experience. And um, some of my younger siblings uh, didn't respond well when they were younger and kind of quieter. And, you know, I think they, it helped their ability to get the education that they needed and the attention that they, they needed to learn. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, it's definitely come a long way. Yeah. How did you get started in like, I mean, let's go, maybe let's go back to the beginning. Like where have you always been in education and how did you end up being a tutor for, uh, kind of this niche kind of unique community? I was not always in education. In fact, I never even wanted to be a teacher. I I never like considered myself a kid friendly person, if I'm being totally honest with you. <laughs> And, (laughs) and, um, yeah, well, I mean, I just never, you know, I mean, like I kind of swear a lot sometimes and, and I just always think of it as like, you had to be a certain type of person in order to be a teacher. And I was like, well, I'm not that type of person. So then I can't be a teacher. I wonder for all the teachers listening right now, they're like, I swear all the time. Yeah. I mean, perception versus reality, I guess. Um, Um, but anyways, go ahead. yeah, Yeah. I mean, people, I know for some reason people don't like humanize their teachers and it's weird it's like when you see your teacher it's like they shop they shop they shop for groceries oh, right when you were a kid and you would <laughs> see your teacher at the it, grocery they store they like Mrs. M holy yeah. cow you're a, you're yeah. a human being yeah, like, yeah. Just like I also get this here at Applebee's and yeah, so no, yeah, that, I remember um, that as a kid yeah so then it's like teachers are people too but um anyways so no I didn't see myself in education but I was always like a scholastic person. I always really liked education. I was always, not always a good student, but for the most part, I was, I was a good student. And then in college, I started, um, when I was like a super nerd in college, like I became like a super, super nerd. And then, um, I was help. I was like tutoring a lot of my friends. Okay. So I would like help them out with stuff. Kind of, kind of took the initiative on that. Yeah. I mean, I became, you know, I, I graduated with a degree in, in molecular biology. So I Wait, what? What is, huh? Yeah, so I mean it's it's like God, I wish I had a smart degree like that. I was an accounting major, which I guess is it just doesn't sound doesn't ring molecular. I can't even pronounce <laughs> mon- biology? Biology, just okay. a branch of biology. That's super cool. And what um, does that mean? What? Molecular <laughs> biology. Just like biology on a molecular level. <laughs> which like is cells and stuff. Cells and stuff. Cells, yeah. Um, wow. yeah, cells and reactions that happen in cells, but I reminded, please of this, don't ask me anything about it. I reminded that episode of <laughs> Seinfeld where Elaine's dating the doctor and he gets really like scientific about her tongue when they start kissing. And I'm oh kind of reminded of like what that, what that would be like. And he was like, I was a molecular biology yeah. major. Anyway, so you were, yeah. I'm, I, I just find that fascinating. You were uh, a molecular biology major. Yeah. Um, and so I, and when I really like hit the stride with school, all my friends that were struggling in certain classes, I enjoyed helping them. I was like, wait, okay. if I can, anyone can do this. Also, it's, you know, like you're like, oh my God, I can't pronounce it. Like you could also be a molecular biology major if you really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, I believe Do you I know what that. I mean? It's yes. like being a good student is a set of skills. It's not necessarily like this God-given talent. Like I don't, I don't really believe... There are some people I will say that are sponges. Like there are the few that can like sit in the class and they can get it right away. I was not one of those people. I yeah. had to work really, really hard for my degree. I had to work really, really hard for my grades. And I feel like I just kind of 
understood how to be a good student. And so I wanted to sh- share that sure. with my peers. But I also agree with you. I mean, obviously there's talent is a, a real thing. I mean, people are have various degrees of talent, but I still think um, work ethic and the desire to be something and yeah. following through is way more meaningful and plays a bigger role than... Uh, the t- like, there's a lot of talented Absolutely. people who don't accomplish what they're capable of. I mean, there's yes. that's a, almost a limitless pool of of people, um, and I do think sometimes people get too discouraged about uh, their dreams and things they want to do, and assuming that they don't ha- they can't do it. And sometimes we have some limits, but uh, it's those people who find ways to break through those barriers um, and, and follow through by you know doing what needs to get done, uh, you know, legally. Um, to, uh, um, make those dreams come true. Um, so yeah, I mean, so anyways, you're, you're, you're a teacher and you are tutoring your friends and you're like, this is cool. This is cool. But I still was never just like, I want to be a tutor when I grow up. Like I never thought of that. Um, or have a tutoring business when I grow up. And then you graduated, graduated, moved to Los Angeles right after I graduated, went to school in Portland. And, um, never been. Oh, Portland's so great. It's great and lush. It's really, I just, I love it more and more as I get older. Also, Portland was not that cool when I was growing up. It like recently got cool. Got hip recently. You know, like I'm like, Portland was not like this when I was growing up. But suddenly now that there's Portlandia and all this stuff, it's like this new cool hip place. But it's great. I love it. So you moved to LA. Um, Moved to LA. And, um, And just looking, and I was kind of lost a little bit, to be totally honest. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. That is easy to happen in LA. Yeah. I just, I knew I needed to get out of Portland. What made you move to LA? I was bored. I just, I was done with Portland. Honest answer. Yeah. I was done. I was done. And I just wanted to go somewhere new. I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anyone. You had your molecular biology, like degree in hand. Yes. I had my molecular biology degree in hand, my suitcase in the back Nerdy sunglasses. And I'm going to change the world. You know, and I drove down to LA with no, I drove with no plans. And, uh, that's brave. You didn't even have a plan. I really, well, I they had a place a to live. Okay. Which is, that's good. That's yeah. 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 Some people way ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, but so I applied for tutoring jobs when I, when I came down here. Was that like a way to, well, I know how to do this. I yeah. need to make ends meet. So that's what I'll do in the meantime. Yeah. I was like, I enjoy yeah. doing this. That's- it's actually, it's, and, and tutors make decent money. And I was mm-hmm. never like a bartending server type of person. And so, um, and I wanted to use my degree and I knew, I knew how to do it. And so, um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply for some tutoring jobs. So I got hired through an agency and, um, within a few months I had like a full caseload. Um, I really took on as many students as possible. So there was definitely a while where I was just bombing it around LA tutoring. And you're all teaching everything. Over. Math, science, everything. English. Yeah. Everything. That's I'm good at some things and not good at others in edu- like I was good at math and science, but I nice. couldn't tell you where a comma goes to save my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh there. Uh colon? Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, and I just find that, that you, you were good enough to kind of teach it all. Yeah. I mean, after a while, um, once you're exposed to sort of the classes, the English and history classes once, then you kind of get it. History. I, I liked. Really and liked as history. an adult, you kind of just like a better reader than teenagers, I hope anyway. So you, Speak uh, for yourself. So, you, <laughs> so it's, you can read information and 
process it and analyze it a little faster. All right. So then you're you're doing this, and then when does it all of a sudden? When does novel education? Okay, when so, does it click? Right. So I be, so I work with sort of some you know high profile clientele people like here and there. Um, don't be don't be bashful. And I and I got I actually got hired through a school. I was based out of Atlanta just for homeschooling. Just Very cool. okay. So they're out of Atlanta, but they had a quite a few clients out here in Los Angeles. So I became sort of like the head teacher and I was dealing with all, and I was doing all the placements. I was like placing teachers with families. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of already doing it and I became really familiar with it. And then, um, so through, through the school, um, is when, is when I met Kendall and Kylie. Jenner? Jenner. Okay. Smith. I mean, I know. Do you know Kendall and Kylie Smith? I know a Kendall and Kylie. Because they often get confused with Kendall and Kylie Jenner. I know a Kendall and Kylie (laughs) on The Bachelor. Kendall on The Bachelor. Her twin sister is Kylie. It was like this whole thing. So. Oh, wait. Well, it was them. A lot of Bachelor people listen to this podcast. So this might be a, you know, so the Jenners. Uh, So you became their tutor. I became their tutor. Uh, Their homeschool teacher. Okay. I think Kylie was... In a freshman or a sophomore, and Kendall's just one year older. And, uh, and you know, when I started working with them, and I just like, I worked with other people prior to them that were in the entertainment industry, but not at that level mm-hmm. or scope. Awareness of, of like, record, yes. Yeah. And this is at a time when they were a little less well known than they are now. And so, but they still had these like, blossoming careers. And so I was really like faced with this challenge of of just how am I supposed to make education relevant to people who don't necessarily need education in order to succeed in life? In the sense that you mean like in, yeah, like if it it may not have affected their ability to earn income or their careers if they didn't necessarily know where to put a comma. Or right. like how exactly. to like do long division. Yes. Et cetera. Yes. Precisely. Um, so then, yeah, yeah. So then I'm like sort of faced with this daily challenge every day of how to make education relevant again to this younger generation of people that are coming up on like social media and, and all of that. And so that's kind of where like the platform for novel education formed for me was just making, making, smart, stylish again is like our little tagline, like making, making, making education, education, cool, cool. making it like trendy, making it, you know, and because I became, you know, I was, I was young and still like, I mean, just like, you know, I'm, I like pop culture. I like Mm -hmm. fashion. I like makeup. I like, I like all the things that regular people like, but I was also, I'm also educated and I also care about education. So I think that was like, it sort of made a bridge between the two worlds for them. Mm -hmm. And then also for other people who started to reach out Um, because I was like a relatable person that cared about school. So it's like teenagers wanted to listen to what I had to say. Almost like, I mean, I'm assuming maybe you became a friend, but also in a way a mentor to like say, um, your students and, um, um, yeah, I mean, that's the mentors are, um, they play a big role in our lives. And I think 
It's, I mean, I took violin in the fourth grade. I was terrible, but I joined violin because the teacher was also the football coach mm-hmm. and I thought he was cool and I wanted to be like him. Right. And that's why I decided to play the violin. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I sucked, but like, but at the same time, like that, that plays a role yeah, in why we get into things through. in an early age right. of, of, and so that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool about how, um, you know, education is so important in our lives, especially early on. Um, and thinking that, you know, we just, again, sometimes we don't realize at a younger age, like how things that our decisions are going to affect us in the future. And when did, and when did education long ago become not cool? Like back in the day, almost like, you know, it was kind of a thing where it's like, oh, school, is it because students, like kids just don't like, don't like it. It's not fun. I think it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of people the are- The nerd, the nerd, almost like a nerd was a negative kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know, we've, it's become hip and trendy now and like, but historically, if you're a nerd, you're not cool. If you're popular, right. you were, you know- You kind of suck at school. Right, yeah. that kind of, that general stereotype um, and breaking down those barriers. Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to create a whole new stereotype. Um, so, so yeah, so I met them and then, and then, um, when I was sort of handling everything, that's when, that's when like the business idea kind of started to form because I kind of felt like I was already doing it, but mm-hmm. under all these, under all these different names, under this agency, under this other school. And so I'm like, I can do, I can do this. I feel like I saw like a void in the market for a service like mine that was really tailored and also was, you know, the branding was kind of cool and a lot of kids and parents took to it. And so, so then I start, so then I started a novel. That's really cool. I mean, what is, and how did you go from the idea to making it a thing for, again, I, I I asked this question because I think it's cool to have the idea and then make it into reality, regardless if it's a, a school or it's an essential oil business or a uh, makeup business, you know, mm-hmm. like again, having an idea, um, or even for the, just anyone out there who's, who's listening, what were some of the things that you had to do? So, I mean, if, I mean, logistically incorporating the company was the first thing, which means yeah, buying, registering your, regist- registering the company, yeah. buying the domain. That's the first step, you know, like once you, cause I think like everything got real after I did that. Yeah. Once I like clicked the little button, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm like a company now. Well, isn't that kind of interesting too? Like, <laughs> and I got to like do stuff. Not yeah. that starting a company is hard. I mean, not, not that starting, I'm sorry, not that starting a company is easy. It's incredibly hard and it just always gets harder and harder. And every time you think you have something figured out, some problem happens you have to adjust to. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes we are afraid of like, you know, sometimes you just have to do it, you know, Registering well, the company registering and it becomes a, a thing, and then not I'm, hard. Yeah, it's, it's quite, literally. You just click. get. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes we are so afraid to take that leap of of trying to make a dream come true, and like you kind of have to figure it out as you go. I think sometimes yes. nowadays um, we're so afraid to fail sometimes, and we're well, we have to have X, Y, and Z. It's almost like. Like, you know, and I don't, I think it's fine, but we're having kids later in life. Like mm-hmm. my parents tell the story, well, we just, 
I don't know, we just started having kids. Like they had no yeah. money. <laughs> like they didn't have really a place right? to live. And now people are like, we'll I just don't figure it out. And now yeah. everyone's like, well, I mean, how much money do you make? How much money do I make? Do, do we, do we have our second home? You know, like every, and, and yeah. I'm not, not, I'm not talking about like every, I feel like most everyone's doing that. It doesn't matter your wealth or whatever. When I, in Wisconsin, it was same, same concept. You know, you, you just had it all, you had it all planned out and now we can start having kids, which is, it's just so much different now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something lost and just going for it and figuring it out and you, you know, when, and then failures will happen and you adjust and you try to, and then you go yeah. from it and you learn from those mistakes and you keep on, you know, going shavings, make a pile kind of yes. thing. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's true. And a lot, and a lot of people ask just sort of like, well, why? Like what made you start it? Where did you? And honestly, there's not, there's not really an answer to the question, why? Do you know what I mean? It's not, there wasn't any particular reason other than the fact that I just wanted to start it and thought I had a great idea and then wanted to like make it into a thing. So then you click the button and then you're like, okay, I have a company now. But then you, then that's when all the learning the net, really starts. Growing it, and yeah, networking. Because then you're like, okay, you have this entity, and so what are you supposed? What are you trying? What are you trying to do with it? Yeah. That is now your responsibility, and that can be, and that's the hard part. That's the right? hard part. Um, but the, I, how much having did that and saying making that decision to file and to start the company was a, how much was that the motivating aspect of saying, well, now that I did this, I have to. Oh, I don't huge, want to fail. The fear of huge. failure is very. Powerful. And then it becomes real. I mean, yeah. failure becomes very real once you've, once you've incorporated everything. But before, before it was like, well, I had this idea and I don't know if I'll do it and you never do it. So yeah. you never failed because you didn't start it. Yeah. But now once you start it, I got to make this a thing. So mm-hmm. now I start telling people about it, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I started a school. Oh really? How's it going? You see him again. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, like you, know, you don't want to be that person. So like you want to, yeah. um, yeah, I know. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, Figuring it out and and setting yourself up so in uh, the fear of failure can be very motivating. Yes, it yes. is for me. I don't know. It is for me too. St- um, it still is. I think for anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although some people just like to lie. Yeah, you know, I'm not scared that, at all. That person who's yeah. always like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm doing so many things. Uh, yes. Like really? That's, that's interesting. This and this and this, and yeah. I'm so busy. So busy. This and this and this, so and, this and this. We actually do get a lot of listeners emailing in saying that they want advice and how they can like start their own podcast or go after something that they want. So I think people will really find this interesting. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, well, this I'm, you know, in terms in, in speaking in general, um, like I said, I think having an idea is that's hard too. you know, especially an original idea. And then once you have an idea, I don't know what you think, Tiffany, but, um, ask questions. I mean, sometimes people are afraid. I think one strength I've always had is a, a willingness to reach out and ask for help. And I think asking for help is a very powerful uh, tool. Um, also, even if you are calling customer service, little life hack here, don't call up mad. Don't start yelling at people. Don't mm-hmm. say, fuck you. Just call up and say, hey, Pam, is it? And the next thing that comes out of your mouth is, I really need your help. Please. Oh, yes. People oh, it, love to help people. Like if totally. you ask for help, then you are empowering someone. And even if it's someone like on LinkedIn or whatever, in some like big, what seemingly unattainable person or executive, 
everyone has that ego of like wanting to help someone. And so when you lead with, I need your help. And it, it, that, that really works on people. And it's not disingenuous because people have as a desire to help. And when you're, you need my, you need my help. Yes. Really? And then I would, like, yeah. You're like, I know more I than do, you. And when you call it customer <laughs> service, like you can tell there's things they can do and there's things they, they won't do. And there's, and I sometimes, well, I'm sorry, sir. We can't do that. You can't, are you sure? Because I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. I call again and then I ask for help again. They're like, oh yeah, no problem. I can't tell you how many times yeah. I've been told we can't do this only to call again and be like, oh, that's, that's no problem. Yeah. And honestly, the more I ask for help and the more I make it seem like I, you, you're the only person, Pam, <laughs> who can save my day yeah. and arguably my life. Can you do this, Pam? Uh, yes, Nick. Indeed, I can. Um, and I'm telling you, just in life, I think asking for help and asking for guidance um, is a, uh, a skill that I think people should uh, try to do. Uh, reach out to people. If you're on LinkedIn, uh, if you're looking for a job, if you have a dream job out there and maybe not starting your business um, and you have an interview coming up, look for people in that industry, in your community and say, hey, my name is Nick and I'm, I've always, you know, had a dream to do this. Do you have 20 minutes for a cup of coffee? I'd love to pick your brain. You could really help me out. And a lot of people ignore you, but there's always going to be one person who's like, yeah, sure, man. Like someone's going to relate to your motivation and your desire to succeed and want to help you. And maybe you can find a mentor along the way. So yeah. I think that's step one. Um, and I think it can go a long way. And then when you do that, uh, taking the advice of the people that, you know, listen to those uh, those people. Um, I think sometimes people learn two different ways. They learn from their own failures and they learn from the advice they get from people. Mm -hmm. And the more we can like seek the advice of the people who've already failed, the, the better off and life can be. And so that's the, I mean, that's the, uh, to me, that's the starting point. And then there's so many other variables about starting a yeah. business, but I think if you can do that, you can get, you get a really big head start. Yeah. I mean, asking for help is huge, you know, I mean, just for the really, to get really specific with how do you start a podcast? I think the first step would just be like going to Guitar Center or something like that and being like, hey, I want to start a podcast. What kind of mic should I buy? Yeah, you can do that. And like finding someone who has a podcast and you might, that's the thing, you might not even realize, well, is that, I guess that's all you have to do. <laughs> I mean, yes. there's other variables, <laughs> but like sometimes it, and that's kind of a great point is whether it's a podcast or anything else, anything else the idea of something can sound way more, challenging absolutely than it is and it doesn't mean that like things can grow and become bigger you can start a business it can be very simple business natural habits is a small business and we 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 tend to grow but right now we're trying to you know walk before we run uh other like your, your tutoring business i mean novel education yeah. was i had one student, student you know and so that's <laughs> still one, a legit business two. yeah i had two students that i was teaching yeah. and i was novel educate and i was novel education group exactly and and then it just grows but you have to you also have to keep like working at your craft it's not like you start it and then suddenly you have all this stuff that you need to mm -hmm. take care of and you have all of this product that you need to send out. You have to like build your product. You have to build your service. You have to curate it. You have totally. to. And, and those things come, right? But yeah. like the idea of something can sometimes weigh us down. Yeah. Uh, of the fear of, well, 
I mean, I don't know. I never thought I'd own my own business because I didn't know what that meant. Right, and the same. idea of it seems so impossible. Yeah. Um, and not that it, again, we're not downplaying owning one, the work it takes, but if you really have a dream, ask for help, find out what it takes. Um, and sometimes getting the start can be sometimes easier than you realize. And from there you have to just be willing to, uh, yeah. I mean, I tell my students this all the time. Yeah. The hardest part about getting anything done is starting it. Mm -hmm. See, that's, I mean, it's that's true. A, that sums it's, it up. It's, I took a long time to just say that. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the heart. And then once you're finished, I mean, you're never really like finished with building a business, but in terms of just maybe the little steps along the way of starting a business, once you've finished a task, then you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. That was, that was totally, that was totally doable. And then the more you, times that you do that, actually the more confidence you gain in terms of tackling things that you don't know how to do. You know, I feel like at this point, personally anyways, now that I feel like I've done this and there's something that I really have no clue how to do it, I feel so much more confident being able to at least try and figure it out. Yeah. Um, because you've, yeah, you've like, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's but okay I it that before. I don't know. Yes. I'll, yeah. I'll just figure it out. Um, Whereas before it's like this totally unattainable thing. Um, so the more times that you try and succeed, try and fail, right then it's just, it kind of just, you know, that, becomes second nature. That's really fascinating. I have some more questions about uh, novel education and your community in, in the world uh, you uh, mm -hmm. find yourself in for some of these uh, interesting stories that have been going on, the varsity blues scandal and yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> but before we get to that, we are going to sell some essential oils. Awesome. Tiffany. Um it's awesome. ad time. Uh, Natural Habits, I, I we talked about, is my uh, company. Uh, uh, we sell essential oil blends. Oh, that packaging. I designed it myself. That's really nice. I, I mean, by myself, I did it with uh, my, my friend Kyle and uh, my uh, friend Paige as well. Um, but I came up with the concept. And uh, yeah, and again, I never thought I would have designed packaging that's predominantly used by women, but intended to be used by both men and women. Uh, we want it to be gender neutral. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you the sense that like I knew, I knew, no, I mean, I just knew my, my audiences, obviously predominantly women, women tend to seem to be more in tune with like learning about like, definitely uh, self care. Like guys are like, oh, whatever, whatever, you know, um, <laughs> but it, you know, we want it to be gender neutral, but thank you for, um, so we, again, we, if you ever had a question about essential oils, they've impacted my life uh, immensely with my ability to uh, sleep better, help with my anxiety, reduce my headache, headaches, and just overall improve my overall mental and physical and emotional well-being. Um, we are launching our diffuser line. We have our uh, diffuser right here running and operating. It's so pretty. It's lovely. It is um it's I don't lovely. know if you guys use candles and what you guys are spending on candles these days, but it's probably a lot. And I don't know if you thought about it, but if you are lighting a candle, you are lighting a chemically created uh, thing on fire and then breathing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you. doesn't sound like that's going to improve your emotional, <laughs> mental, and physical well-being. No. Uh, but essential oils are a great way to obviously make your, um, if you are diffusing them, um, your house or apartment smell great. And at the same time, it has these medicinal benefits um, like uh, relieving stress and anxiety and helping you sleep and reducing headaches. Can you make like a love potion one <laughs> that you could diffuse in your room? Um, and then <laughs> 
mm-hmm. when people come over. No, well, well, you know, relaxing. You can <laughs> like feel an relaxed. Aphrodis- like yeah. an aphrodisiac. That's the thing about essential oils. I think a lot of people have questions. Like, listen, it's 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 helped me. It aids in it, right? It definitely helps me. You know, it helps me do things like not take melatonin and Tylenol PM, which I used to do to sleep, and those can become very addicting. And then when you wake up feeling kind of uh, groggy and things like that. Um, I don't, I used to take a lot of ibuprofen for headaches and I would have to, I'd be able to take less and less of that by using essential oils. Um, it's not a cure all, uh, but just like I'm a big believer and doing all the things you need to do to be healthy, working out, eating right. Um, you know, using essential oils in terms of helping those additional, um, you know, benefits that we need or ailments that we have and alleviate those. And so there's uh, gotta be an essential oil for love, Nick, you gotta find it. Yeah, well, I, I'm a, <laughs> for I like me. To, I'm asking. I for like me. to protect the industry because I think essential oils has kind of gets like a negative connotation of like this hocus pocus kind of thing, and they have some really great benefits to it. Um, it doesn't do everything. So I think some people in the industry claim that it's like, well, no matter what your problem is, there's an essential oil for that. And that is just not the case, but there's a lot of great things they can do. Um, and we, High again, blood pressure. We, we specialize. My face pretty. When yeah. you blend essential oils, they can maximize their benefits. We, we blend them for you ready to go. Um, we have the roll-ons. You can put directly on your skin. You can find us at nhoils.com. Follow us at Natural Habits. What's our special Instagram. code for today? What's our special code? We, we're trying to new codes each week when we do it. Do you have a... Mm, we had cougars um, as a code. It, it, okay. it worked really well. I don't know. Um, novel? Some, novel? Novel. Novel. Ooh, novel. Code novel. O-N-V-E-L. 30% off. We do... Uh, Free domestic shipping for anything over fifty dollars, um, and get it now. Also, you, it's N O just to like what N O V E L N O. How did I spell? I'm the worst I think, speller. I don't. T- I, think I need a tutor. You said O N, but like I think it was just. Did a, I say O N? I'm also. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm just. Okay, I'm gonna I find know out. that I you know I'm how to dyslexic. spell novel. I'm, did I spell O N? I think you said. You're O-N. getting schooled. You you That's should pay her. She's tutoring you right now. I'm dyslexic. I'll send you an invoice. I'm pretty sure I'm dyslexic. I need to find out because I do that a lot. N-O-V-E-L. Did I spell it O-N? Anvil? I could just change. I could just change the name of my business. I said this in front of a tutor. (laughs) Imagine if I was on a date and I was just like, yeah, you know, and I'm spelling novel (laughs) O-N. Just look at me and just. You know, like the not the book, like a novel. O-N-O-N-V-E-L. You know, an anvil. Have you read any good anvils lately? Yeah. Totally. You know Heard that. any? Have you, what's your favorite on bowl? Yeah. <laughs> and life-changing on bowl? Go. I, I know a really good tutor, Nick, that you could uh, employ. Essential oils do not make you spell better, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Anyways, um, find us at nhoils.com, 30% off with code NOVEL, N-O-V-E-L. Yes. Gold star. Five-star rating. (laughs) So, Tiffany. Nick. I'm really so into this. uh, What is it called? Operation Varsity Blues? Operation, yes. Yes. I don't get it. I don't, I don't. So here's the thing. Do you, like you operate in this world where you are uh, tutoring the Jenners and other um, uh, people of note in this very, uh, niche community, which I'm assuming can is open to criticism of entitlement and privilege. Definitely. Um, 
I'd actually be curious how you, as a tutor, uh, maybe um, help them to be aware of maybe that perception and mm -hmm. how they mitigate that. But this varsity blue scandal, I just, I've never heard of a more pointless crime. I don't get it. I can't, I mean, I came from a very blue collar family. Uh, I have 10 siblings. Uh, my mom didn't go to college because, um, all, you know, my mom didn't go to college. I've told the story before because she was a woman. Uh, honestly, uh, she had five brothers uh, who all went to college and wow. my parent, my grandparents were like, no, you, you're not going to college, uh, which was a whole, that, wow. yeah, no, exactly. Um, and then my dad was a college dropout as a freshman year. He's brilliant and really smart guy. But, and so, um, my parents obviously wanted us to go to college, but they couldn't afford to pay for college. Yeah. It was, well, if you want to go to college, uh, I mean, literally the conversations in the seventh and eighth grade, well, start saving up, go start mm -hmm. working. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough that I was athletic. And so I, you know, I, I got an athletic scholarship, but you know, there's no guarantees that, but like, I also worked really hard at that too. My point being is this, this, yeah. this, I don't get it because oh. I don't, I, I, I don't understand. Here's the thing. I saw, a, I saw a tweet that I think really <clears throat> summed up how, how the perception of it, it was like in the point of view of like Lori, Aunt Becky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was like, I want my kids to go to college. And then a mission person was like, oh, great. Well, you could just make a sizable donation and no problem. Uh, no, no, no. I prefer to do a crime. Yes, I prefer uh, to cheat. I prefer, and, I no, 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 not yeah. necessary. Just, just a donation will do. No, no, no. Crime, please. Yeah. Uh, no, no, really. If you just, just a small, like kind of, you know, but, but reasonable donation, definitely crime. <laughs> I just, but that's kind of what happened. Yeah. I don't understand because like from my understanding of what happened and not to knock USC, it's a great school, but like it's, it's a state school. It's, it's actually pretty, it's actually pretty. No, it's a great it's, school, it's, yeah, but I guess a, it's this, you have to reputation. like. Yeah, I mean, a lot of like I went to Wisconsin, the, great reputation. The per, but it's the also, percent, I think the I percentage of admittance is pretty low for USC. You know, to I the think, point where you have to. I mean, I, what I don't get is like she was. So, and correct me if I'm wrong. The they she bribed someone to make it seem like she was uh, admitted on her own. Um, abilities. Yeah. So, and then in addition that she was on the row team. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, just yeah. like, here's what I don't get. Why, why that row team in the sense of what does that do for you in life? And she doesn't strike me as someone who's going around being like, I'm on row. But I crew. I, I, row. I crew. And is that getting her anywhere? I mean, I ran track in college and I'm proud of that. Don't get me wrong. And it's like, you know, but it's water cooler talk at this point in my life. It is not as if I'm like, you know, I'm in a meeting and I'm in like some sort of work meeting and they're like telling me, no, I'm like, wait, but I ran track in college. And they're like, really? It's, it's not about oh, well, this team. They literally just were trying to get them into the No, my race. point is, so, what's the motivation for wanting to say that you were in it? What I'm saying is like the idea being that it was going to give her some advantages or something. Right. Like, oh, but, I, oh I'm a, but I'm on crew. As if like, oh, you were on crew? No, that's literally the only way they could get her that's into a, the school. So this is the reason behind the athletic, the whole the, athletic. I, there's two ways. There's two ways that this no, the, the money is what got them in. No. 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 Well, yes. Okay. Let me, let me, right, let me break it down. Listen to her, I'm just, okay. okay let, let me break it down. There's two ways that this happened. Okay. 
The reason why the athletics think they lied about this at the being an athlete, okay. essentially, which, okay, I'll, I'll get into that later, is because, so, you know, coaches have a certain number of slots that they can fill. Okay. And uh-huh. for these you know, athletes, I, yeah, I, it yeah, kind of doesn't matter how well they did in school. They got to hit certain benchmarks. Okay. I applied for college uh, in August. School started in September to the school I ended up going to Mm -hmm. because I was fortunate enough to get an athletic scholarship. Yes. Okay. So there are decent grades, but sure. There are slots that are open to athletes. Yes. And if you are an amazing rower, then they're going to want you at that school. Sure even if your GPA is like a 1.2. Okay. So they'll, they'll, they'll make it work. They'll make it work. Okay. Sure. So, um, so there's that. So that's one way to get people into minimum school. Standard, yeah. Right? 1.2 is a little low. Yeah. That's an exaggeration. But, um, but you know, that that's one way as like a shoe in. Okay. Okay. So that was one way that this whole scandal thing works. So the reason why that was the loophole. That was a loophole, I think, for them specifically. was like they do crew. They're on the crew team. They uh, recruit for the crew team. Um, Here are some pictures of them rowing a boat. and (laughs) Literally? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my question, though. And again, I'm I'm ignorant in this world, but can't you just make a donation? No. No. Okay. I have families that make donations. So like, and while a donation obviously really, really helps... All it really does is put that application on the top of the pile, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee any type of admittance. So you could donate a half a million dollars to say USC and say, here, here you go. I mean, if you want to give me a plaque, fine, but I don't need it. But it'd be really nice if my daughter could go to your school. Yeah. They can be like, thank you for the money. They would, they will say no. They will, they they can say no. But do they say no? like I'm just wondering, does does USC really USC go sure, but no, nah, we're not gonna. I don't know. We'll if, take the money. I, I don't just know feel like that if they've ever said no, but I do know that they make it very clear that just because you made a donation does not mean that it's like a green light for you automatically to get into the school. Do they make it clear for the perception of it? No, I think that they should be more vocal about it. Well, I guess I'm just because wondering, I think that the, what I want, I'm wondering, I'm curious what actually happens. So I'm, if someone you're saying like they make it clear that they don't, right? Yeah, I mean it's they just like when guarantee. you're it's just like when you're applying for a job, right? It's like you got you have 500 people applying for a job, but if one, but if you if whatever Nancy Jones, Nancy yeah, Jones, Pam and Nancy Jones, you know if if Nancy, if you know who Nancy Jones's yeah. daughter is, then when you're going through those applicants, you're going to be like, oh, this is. This is Courtney Jones, Nancy yeah. Jones's daughter. Well, you know, like, let's look at her application. Like that's kind of how it works. You know, it just makes you, the, no, the donation makes you known at that school. The dean of admissions knows who you are. So mm-hmm. then when they're going through the quite literally thousands of applicants that they get, they're going to look for your, they're going to look for that application and be like, okay, if you meet the criteria, then you're in. But So it, you're saying if in the donation world, probably gets you in, but it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. Whereas this, I mean, who knows? This cheating this, world is like allegedly think, a guarantee. I think that's why they, they guarantee did it. you. It was just a guarantee. It was just like, okay, cool. We can don't, you know, we could donate a million dollars to the school to get your, to get your application on the top of the pile. 
Or we could bribe the athletic coach and pay him a million dollars to say you're on the crew team and we know you're going to get into the school. Because of the athletic coach. But also, aren't they missing a rower in the boat? See, that's what I don't understand is that okay, once they're in the school, it's like, are they like, oh my God, I row. It's like, like, are they like, all the people on our team are like, well, <laughs> I mean, like, we're wait, like, a, you're kind of bad. we're a woman's show. Yeah. They're like, is she, is, is she showing up or what's, uh, what's so up? That's what we I keep don't taking understand, third place. Actually. If we had one more person, we would probably be pretty good. Yeah. That's what I actually, I was actually re- reading up about it um, yesterday and this morning. Cause I was like, well, what happens when they actually get in? Do yeah. they, are they on the crew team? Like, are, and then people are just like, you row? Like, I don't, that's what, that's what did, did I, she go around or maybe people? once they're in, they can quit the team. I, I actually don't know how that part works. What is your stance as a tutor? <clears throat> and I got another question on this topic yeah. is, listen, college obviously is an important thing. I, I went to it. I'm thankful I went, I was an accounting major. I don't account, be, I'm not an accountant, you but getting the college education matters. And I think it's, uh, there's yeah. so many benefits to just the education about the life experience. That being said, I think it's not the end all be all uh, nowadays. And especially nowadays, the way the world is, is there's so many different ways to succeed in the world. I'm just surprised that here's, I mean, it sounds like her daughter, Olivia, is her Olivia? Yeah. Huh? She didn't seem to be that all that interested. Everything that's out there, she's like, I don't really, really want to go to school. I wasn't that motivated. Yeah. But so why force your kid? Why? why? I mean, especially I mean, where she has these opportunities. And if it is just about the education, hire a tutor. Yes. For a, I mean, I don't know yes. what you uh, what I, your rates are for half a million dollars, but I'm guessing. I mean, it's you could not probably really smart someone yeah. up. <laughs> I get, they're lower uh, than half a million. Um, um, it's just I I don't I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. I mean, this is where I really take a lot of the blame just completely off the students. I feel I bad feel for really, her. I actually feel really bad for a lot of the, for um, all the students right. that are involved because this is not something I don't think that they were fully aware of. A, a seven, or B, kind of had any control over. Yeah, if you're 17 and your parents are like, "Don't worry about it. We'll we'll, we'll take, hire you. Too. We'll take care oh, of it." Oh yeah, they're and like, I, "Great, my my parents. Are, I wouldn't have known the difference exactly." And when I you know, and when I talk to my clients, I'm talking to the parents. Yeah, that are that are hiring our service. You know, we're not talking to the students, just being like, "Hey, this is what we're going to do to get you into the school. This is what we're going to do to bring your exam scores up." You know, they're just being students. They're just they're just being teenagers. So I feel bad for them. Um, but you know to what you were saying in terms of just sort of like why I mean obviously I think that there's a certain amount you know in certain circles the name of where you went to school is is popular it's Do you like, think it still matters as it's much It's like a brand name of clothing to be honest with you But in what I mean these are not circles I run in but I guess I don't again I, I that almost surprises me still to this day because uh, before I was doing what I was doing, I was in corporate America for 10 years. I worked for a company called Salesforce and that Salesforce is, it's like working for Google and it's a very prominent tech company and the sky was the limit for me there. And there was a lot of talented executives who had all different types of education. I haven't submitted my college transcripts since my second job. Mm-hmm. Um, I get asked in social settings, where I went, to, where'd you go to school? But that's kind of the, like, that's where it stops. And I'm just, and maybe it's just, I'm not operating in that world, but it's yeah. where 
And even if that's just the case, it is a social standing. Is I it? I think a- it's a so. We'll see that question that you just said of just sort of in social situations of oh, where'd you go to school? I think their social social situations where they get that question of where'd you go to school. I think that alone, you know, for them to be like oh USC or UCLA or Yale or Stanford is I UCLA think that- and Yale the same. Yeah. I mean, they kind of hold, I mean, not totally, but they, they both hold. I mean, like Wisconsin and Michigan are like great big 10 schools and the great educations. I can always equated like a Wisconsin and a Michigan to like UCLA Mm -hmm. and USC. Fantastic educations. Uh, CEOs and executives have all gone there. I mean, Yale, like, you know, cause Yale and Harvard, it's like, that's like this little Ivy league. But even then, I don't know, man. Unless you're like yeah. running for office, what? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't I agree. know. I just. I agree. Why I we think, do these things? You know, I, I, I. It's unfortunate, you know, because especially because there's so many students mm. that work so hard. Yeah. Honestly, and to to get in to school. It's, I mean, like so hard to your point where they're like too hard or like. I mean, it, there's some like dark realities of students who are stressed out, who oh get my goodness, addicted yes. to things like, what's uh, um, uh, Ritalin or uh, oh yeah, uh, and because yeah. they're studying all hours of the night, and it's and just like, the, hey and man, the, like, right? And chill. the real athletes, yeah. I mean, the real athletes are going to school until two. They have practice till seven, and then they're doing like honors and AP classes I, I, until eleven o'clock. And at when night. I was in high school, I would go to school. I was from Wisconsin. I would run repeat 400s until I'd throw up. And then I would go at the, to, to Century Grocery Store and work in the produce department. Then I would come home, I'd do my homework, and then I would go to bed. Mm-hmm. That that was your life. That was my life. And, and then was, you hoped that you would get and it. I would ho- and yeah. I hoped I would get a, a partial scholarship because it was track and field. Let's not pretend it's football. <laughs> or bad, like, uh, you know, football paid for the college scholarships. And, you know, so just to like get a little bit of a, you know, did it, I knew it would help me get in um, and I knew it would help pay for it. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's, that is unfortunate that that does happen. Yeah. All just to say. The whole thing's really unfortunate. And I, it's, it's sad. I, and I, and I, I'm curious, like at what point does it stop? Like, does it stop mattering in life? Like when you graduate from college, I guess, but I mean, if even when I meet someone at a, like a social setting, like, oh, you went to Harvard. I'm like, cool. And then we just move on. I just don't and know move on, yeah. where, do, where does it really move the needle? Well, I think that in this situation, it's just sort of to reiterate, it's so much more for the parents to be like, oh yes, well, you know, she's 18. She's starting, she's starting USC in the fall. You know, it's like that conversation. So, so the social setting for parents. Yes. I think so. That makes sense. Because I don't really think that the social circles that like Olivia is in is, I don't, I don't think they're really going to like her any less for not getting into USC. I'm thinking like, she's just like, well, I want to go to the parties. They're like, well, you don't go here. I mean, I'm pretty sure she could go to any USC party, show up to the frat house, be like, hi, can I? Yeah. I'm sure that they'd be like, come on. Oh, really? You want to, you want to party with us? By all means. Like, I mean, I don't know her, like she's hopefully allowed, old enough to drink alcohol. And if not, she shouldn't be there. But, um, (laughs) but yes, like, right. Like what is stopping her to do all the things she wants to do at a college party? So that's, it's. I think that's it was unf- a lot more. It was a lot more that's definitely unfortunate. A, par- a parent thing. That's unfortunate think, to too. say. And now, I mean, I think that they both withdrawn from the school. I don't. I, I do feel bad for the students. Me too. Um, me too. And I think this obviously that all 
the students in all of these universities are like up in arms about it. I mean, I think the I think that the admittance rate for Stanford is something like six percent. I mean, it's we're talking six out of 100 kids that apply. And if three of those kids are because of a bribe, then that's really unfortunate. And I don't think that, some yeah. of the kids didn't even know their parents were doing it. Right. So they're like, yeah. Again, I totally, I, I, I think about when I was 16 or 17, and if my parents ever came to me and said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Whatever that was, I just immediately stopped worrying about it. Right? Uh-huh. Right? Your parents are. They're your parents. You whatever trust them. it is. They're whatever the people you it trust is, the they most. tell you to stop yeah. worrying about. You're like, great. Yeah. I'm going to go fuck off and, do, you know, play with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally feel bad for the, the, um, the criticism and like they overnight their world changed and listen, they they've lead charmed lives and I'm sure ultimately they will be fine relative right. to the real struggles that a lot of people have out there. Right. But, um, yeah. it's a bummer. Um, yeah. you're, yeah, it's crazy, you know, and to be totally honest, I'm kind of really happy that it's coming up and I'm happy that it's being exposed. What, what, how a, so? It's a like, very real world. I believe that, but I'm curious is what your point of view, because I, I wonder if you feel the criticism by some of the students you do teach and tutor and the perception of entitlement and privilege in that community and what you're doing to kind of uh, circumvent that bullshit. Yeah. Um, well, I think, tell, you know, I was listening to um, to this other podcast that was talking about sort of how there should not, uh, if someone that said it, I don't remember who, he said there should not be a separate admittance system for wealth. And the fact of the totally. matter is that there is, there is, there absolutely is. And I think people who work in education, um, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there, I mean, I, I, I run a, a private to a, a private homeschooling sure. business. It's like there, the, there is a business out of education in this country. And so while I understand that there, that there are opportunities, you know, to make money and, and to sort of help people guide it's, it's, um, I think, I don't know. I, th- I think it's, you have to try and get people to be self-aware about what they want out of school. Like if she doesn't, she didn't want to go to school, then like she doesn't have to go to school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that, that, I think that's what it's about is. Also, there's all different forms of uh, secondary education. My sister was a college graduate, uh, Maria. um, She played basketball too, but she's a great student. And then she got into uh, holi- you know, she's a holistic nutritionist. And so she went back to school and then um, she, she's glad she went to college, but what she's doing now has everything to do with what she went back to school for yeah. and being, and she went to school in Vancouver and studied holistic, um, holistic, uh, di- I don't, sorry, Maria, but it's like she went, yeah. uh, she's a holistic dietitian. Sorry. Um, and so to your point, if you are an artist or you want to, uh, you know, there's, there's just different ways to get an education. Yes. And thankfully I have not run into this problem myself. Yeah. I have not run into the problem of just like, okay, look, like my kid is going to get into school. Like no matter what, like, what do we have to do? And you know, I've, uh, all my clients are really honest and, mm-hmm. and work hard and are also really self-aware of, of exactly what they want out of education. You know, I have students that have no aspirations for college. And then I have students who have 
major aspirations for college. So treating each of those accordingly, but also just being really honest with the ones that do want to go to college and Mm -hmm. just say like, nothing's going to get you into college, but hard work. Yeah. And really making that the known thing to them and also their parents. Yeah. You know, how much when you're teaching other than the arithmetic and the grammar, are you teaching life skills to, especially in that community, uh, like Kylie and for example, Mm -hmm. of having the influence that she has out there and the social responsibility that comes along with the power that, you know, um, you know, this Olivia has with her, her followers. I mean, that's, real influence and there's a it's definitely real. a social responsibility that comes along with it. Like what, what have you, what are you doing in that space? I think that helping them once again, be, be aware of the influence that they have mm-hmm. and what that really means. I think it's so easy to have like the, have the followers on Instagram and have the following on whatever platform and be kind of unaware of it because there's like a big, you know, digital wall there. Yeah. Um, I don't think Kylie realized that she was going to affect the market cap of Snapchat. I don't think billion she, dollars. yeah, and I don't, she was I, like, think, eh, I don't feel like using it today. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that, I don't, that's not on her, but that's just, that, that blew my mind when that happened. Yeah, no, that's, and it's not. So I think making them aware of the impact that they do have mm-hmm. on on this young generation is really important. Uh, not too long ago, Chloe was criticized for a fit tea mm-hmm. ad she did. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I'm certainly not them and I certainly have a social platform. I run, I've done, I've promoted things other than natural habits. You know, I definitely try to, and I do like use the stuff that I promote. Um, and I tried, and not try, but when when it comes to my messaging, you know, like natural habits is a perfect example. You know, I don't go on there and say like everything I'm doing is a result of that. It, you know, it's I, I need nothing else other than essential oils, and this is how it's done everything. Mm-hmm. Or like I've done, I, I've promoted the scale before, and I do use it. And it helps me track, and how I and how I promote that is to say. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be in shape and it's, I don't lose weight from it, but it helps me track my progress and helps me stay motivated because I look at other things other than like my weight or body. And so like I get, I get behind it and Chloe got criticism by suggesting that her entire look was based off of fit tea. Yeah. I mean, friends of yours, but what are your thoughts on, on, on that type of social responsibility, because no doubt the influence that they all have is immense. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there who are waking up trying to replicate and literally do everything I do and look like me and be me and just mimic, but they do. They have people who are they have young women that, who are yeah. truly just all that, all they ever wanted to be is literally them. You know, in Chloe's defense, I think she's very vocal about how often she works out. Mm-hmm. And, That's true. And what she eats. So I don't think that it's all the tea, you know? I didn't see the ads. And so I, I don't... also, I don't think I saw it either. And and I also, 
you know, I, I, I think I would be really surprised if she was just like, it's all because of the tea, you know, like, thanks. I got my probably wasn't post exactly, baby, yeah. yeah, post baby body all because of this tea. And I think everyone knows like, you know, she's got the show, the, the, the work the I don't know what it's called, but the fit, the mm-hmm. workout show that she yeah. does. Um, so I think she is really vocal about, about other things that she does. But there are some people that are not um, vocal about, about other things that have not as much influence as them, but a lot of influence. And I think we have to be really careful about what we do with influence because suddenly you're getting young girls who aspire to be social media influencers mm-hmm. as a career and you're not actually influent like what is an influencer like do you know what i mean it's i like, do i mean what like, isn't like I, what so what are you gonna do it's like cool uh, i'm gonna post about these sunglasses i'm gonna post about this candle i'm gonna post about these this jacket you know it's like is that what are you actually influencing here by, I, by I, doing these things? That's, that's, I think there's a bubble yeah. there in that, you know, when, when social media came out, people were really building. And again, for me, I fell into it. Like I, I have a following based off of this unique experience I did. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm, you know, utilizing it to the best of my abilities while, while still trying to have a positive impact and, and, and leveraging my opportunity, but building, building these followings. I know, I feel like there's this bubble there now where yeah. I don't know if it's as easy to do anymore and hope, and, and I'm, I'm glad, but I think we all have like social media, we all have influence to a certain degree. Even if you don't, if you're not the Jenners or you don't have a massive following, you people have access to your opinion now mm-hmm. and you can um, share that and influence people positively or negatively by the things we say on social media. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just, you know, in terms of my students anyways, or the influence that I try and have on my social media or what I try and tell other people is if you're aware, you know, it's just so important to have some type of message because even if you aren't super into education yourself, there are so many people that follow you that are, Mm. and it will affect their lives. You know, I mean, like if, if we're talking about underprivileged kids, um, those kids rely on education as a ticket to get out of whatever shit neighborhood they're in or whatever, you know? And, and so those are the people that honestly we have to influence because then they should be looking at all these Instagram accounts or whatever and being like, wait, they think they think school is cool. I'm going to think school yeah. is cool too. Yeah, so, so that's what you have to cool. be aware of. Totally. And if you are, you know, it's, um, you know, the most people who are listening to this podcast aren't influencers, but so maybe more of the people who are listening yes. to uh, people who have influence, that's great, but still form your own opinions, obviously. Yes. Yes. And other than if your parents are trying to cheat you into college, listen to your parents. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's a, it's a, that's an important thing. It's just like, let's not forget who our circle of influence should truly be. And yeah. that is family, friends, mentors, um, the people you have direct access to uh, that can share with their personal experiences and mistakes and relate. You can only have so much influence uh, from someone through a computer screen. Um, and you can only, you know, because everyone's story is unique and different in terms of, 
experience that they've had. And so, um, yeah, and I think it's important for people to, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in mentors and, and having that, you know, knowing where your influence comes from mm-hmm. and just if, you know, if you are going to be following people, um, that's great. And, and you know, I, I follow a lot of people that I'm like, oh, it's a cool, like, it's a cool jacket. That's how oh, so-and-so is wearing this or a certain I mean, of style. Works. It definitely works. Uh, and I, I mean, like that, yeah. you know, but, um, who you are and, and the kind of the values that you have and, and the type of, you know, it's, it's important to come from your inner circle. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a position of power. Let's get like, let's be honest, you know, being able to be an influencer is a position of power. So it's like, what are you going to choose to do with that? You have a, you have a lot of responsibility on your hands to teach these young people. I know I'm taking it upon my, you know, I'm going to, everyone that wants to be an influencer needs to How do you feel about having tutored a billionaire? Great. I I think it's pretty cool. I taught her everything she knows. Do you have an opinion? uh, Your friend Kylie has fallen under recent criticism for this um, title of self-made billionaire. Yeah. And just, and uh, help me understand, because I'm, I'm aware of Kylie. I'm not fully educated on every move that she makes. Mm-hmm. Was it Forbes magazine that called yeah. her a self-made billionaire or was yeah. it her? It was and, Forbes. Okay. Youngest self-made billionaire. I think before it was like Mark Zuckerberg or and something And then a like lot that. of people kind of jumped on this title yes. and criticized the title, I guess criticized Forbes, but also indirectly criticized Kylie for this title of self-made billionaire. Yeah. And then she has, I guess, defended it by saying. I th- I don't know. I mean, I think she, I think she came out. Please don't quote me on this. I don't know if she actually said this, but um, she, she said that no, um, no, nothing in my bank, not one dime from my bank account is inherited. Yeah, since they're like 15 or something. Yeah, so that's what self-made means. I think that the I think people's criticism of self-made is because she didn't she grew up with a with privilege. privilege. Yeah, which and, she did, which is and fine. And she grew up obviously already having some fame. I mm-hmm. think that really helps. And I think that's what people that's what the criticism is. It's just like, well, you you were already famous and you had money. So it you don't count. I think that's what people are trying to say. Yeah, I I don't really understand that and I'll get to why, but before I do, I'm curious. Minus her privilege. Let's let's not pretend she doesn't have it and she didn't have yeah. huge advantages. Fine. It you know her. You were part of that process of when she started it. What are some things that she did? Uh, that had nothing to do with her privilege that resulted in her business being what it is today. Developing a product has nothing to do with fame or privilege. Developing a good product and developing a good brand has nothing to do with fame. or. I mean, yeah. she really worked very hard at developing a good product, you know? Sourcing it and developing the product. Going through several formulas, trying them out, things not working. I mean, even the formula that's out now is different than the first formula that came out. You know, she's, it's like continual, continual things. It's like, you can't sell millions of something and have it be an awful product. It's like, no one's going to buy it again. They won't won't. buy it again. Yeah. Right. And so they might buy it the first time, but they won't, they won't continue as customers. The reason why I ask that question, and I don't think you're necessarily an expert in the like in, in what she, everything she's doing, yeah. is that I sometimes 
don't understand why as a society uh, we like to f- poke holes in people's success. We always do it. Um, and I don't have the background or upbringing that Kylie has. And I'm not, she had immense advantages. Great. Fine. We are spending time as a society debating whether she's a self-made billionaire or not. And my thought is like, it doesn't, who cares? But there are probably, she, she's a 20 year old billionaire and I don't care what advantages you have that. It's amazing. She had to have done something right. And that's, and again, there's, there's a lot of things that what she did, the average person can't replicate. But for me as a small business owner, and I mm-hmm. certainly have advantages as well that I've gotten now as a result of the things I've done, but I didn't, that came from, there was luck involved, but things I have done. But um, there's things that you can replicate in terms of hearing her story. And I don't know if Kylie goes and, and, and ever speaks to like things that she's done in her business, but there's probably takeaways of, why it's, you know, and you may not be able to grow your business into a billion dollar empire. That's not the point, but you can grow your business into something more than what it was. And you can have sustainable success and you can um, have repeat customers and grow your business. And there may be things that she did right that you can take away from. And yet we're spending more time arguing whether she's the youngest self-made billionaire or not. I sometimes don't understand why as a society we, we, we do that. I don't know. Yeah. That's just... I mean, I don't know, Rochelle, if you have a people are always gonna. I just the the fact that she's like part of the Jenner Kardashian clan. I get the credit. Yeah, I think has just kind of that. Just I mean, she could you know she could brush her teeth and people would criticize totally. And I'm not would criticize her. And I don't just mean her though, but we do that. We do that with everyone. Anytime someone has success, people are trying to. I I kind of equate it to, and again, I understand. There's in a lot of ways they're not they can be not relatable. I get that. And in some ways they are. But like when I was in sales and it was, this would happen every time when, you know, you have a team of salespeople um, and, you know, every day someone close a, a, something cool would happen, a big deal. And there was always two groups of people when a big deal would close. There would be people who would walk up to that uh, person who closed the deal and go, it's really cool, man. Like, how'd you do that? There was anything you did or a unique thing? Did you try something different? That was, I mean, I've been trying to close a similar deal and, and maybe there's a takeaway. And then there'd be another group of people who would kind of like go out to lunch and drinks and be like, it's fucking bullshit, man. Like mm-hmm. they just, they got lucky or whatever. Like they don't work that hard. Their manager likes in the game, the better territory. And those all, there might yeah. be truth in both sides of the argument, but what advantages do you get as someone who's just going to go and complain and poke holes and even if that person had some luck involved. I'm not saying there aren't advantages, but the people who were just curious enough to ask, was there a takeaway? Was there something I could learn? Those are the people who are going to help themselves later on. And I just think we should do more of that stuff. I mean, it's like, I feel like I, I get similar criticism sometimes where it's just like, oh, well, yeah, you were able to build this tutoring business because Kylie, Kendall and Kylie were your first students, of course. I probably helped too. Of course yeah. your thing's going to be successful. First of all, yes, it did help. Yeah. And let's not course. pretend that doesn't that, that Let's not happens. pretend like that's not, yeah. But, but there's other things but that- yeah, yeah, it's like I was a tutor long before I had Kendall yeah. and Kylie. And not only that, but- taking advantage of opportunities and being aware of what those opportunities are 
has nothing to do with, you know, that that's like a thing all in itself. And then executing that fire festival document was a perfect example oh of my opportunity and like setting yourself up for success only to epically fail yes. because you can't execute yes. and follow through with a plan. And so that, you know, there's two ways that story could have gone right, and I it mean, was an epic failure. Totally. It could have been a major success. And if it was a success, I would have been more interested in what they did to make a success rather than spend time being like, well, you had all these famous models promoting it. And that's why it was clearly they had those same models promoting it and it same, still was a failure. Yep. It still was a tragic and yep. epic failure. And so that's kind of my point is just because you have uh, opportunity doesn't guarantee success. And people always want to bash. People, people always want to bash. Holes in it. They want to bash yeah. opportunity, yeah. and they want to be like, "Well, you had the opportunity, so that's not fair." It's like, what are you talking about? I <laughs> I just think that maybe some of the anger comes from, you know, the situation that a lot of people in where they're working so hard and yeah. they're still barely making ends meet, and then you see people like even when Trump was like, "I got a small million dollar loan from totally. my father," it's like, yeah. what I would do for a million dollars and a lot of people just feel like they can't even get their feet under them. Yeah. And so I think that's that kind of anger that maybe they take it out on the wrong people. But. I, I get that. And, and again, I've, you know, I talk about my childhood a little bit too. Obviously like we didn't come from money. I mean, there wasn't a day that went by as a young, uh, as a kid that I saw my parents stress about money. I mean, it was, a, it's ingrained in yeah. my memory of always seeing my, you know, and when I was old enough to be aware like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And I had an amazing childhood and my parents busted their ass to give it to Same. me. But I saw them struggle. Um, and, you know, that kind of affected me in wanting to like work hard and things like that. And I certainly had been, like, I was gifted with athletic ability. So I used that to my advantage. I still worked hard to maximize that. There are things that people could poke holes in me and saying, well, you got lucky this and you were fortunate. And I, I've been very fortunate in my entire life. But there's also a lot more I have done to lead to the success that I've had in terms of I now have people. I mean, people like to be like, oh, Nick, what do you do? You remember that? I have five jobs. Uh, I have a podcast. I have an essential oil company that I run that takes up a ton of time. I've been acting now both commercially and theatrically that like it takes a lot of work and I've been busting my ass to do. And yeah. I saw some stuff on Instagram too. And I'm not saying like, that's not really a job, but like, and, and you know, you have to be creative and I mean, I don't really consider it a job, but I am doing things that I am proud of. And instead of like people in it, and that took a lot of hard work. It also, I was lucky enough too. Um, but there are things that I have done that, um, you, people can replicate if they ask questions and they can say, well, if you d do X, Y, and Z, and then people say, what, what is, what is luck when opportunity meet, when, when hard work meets opportunity that, and that is true a lot. I do think it's like a, a this is an interesting topic of privilege, which I know that word maybe makes some people like cringe or get angry, People, yeah. but saying that someone has privilege doesn't mean that they don't work hard also. And they didn't. Right. But but it's just mm. it's, it's just a reality. Some people have privilege that other people don't. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. does suck that some there are people who bust their ass um, who have to do it that much harder. I will say that if you are that person, it will be sweeter. And when you get to there that moment <laughs> and you you know the work that went into it, um, it feels gratifying and it feels great to know when to reflect back on the things that you had to do. And yeah, and unfortunately, sometimes it is. It does suck. Sometimes the world isn't fair. It's not. And and it's and not. um. But other than, like yeah, I I just think that 
my, I guess my point of all this is instead of focusing on how things aren't fair and what, and because that is reality, if we focus on making the most of whatever situation you have and taking advantage of what advantages yeah. you do have and opportunities that are in front of you, you can improve your station in life. It doesn't mean you're going to be a billionaire. doesn't mean you're going to uh, be a millionaire or doesn't like yeah. it but just you might will just be far more successful yeah, you just, in you, whatever, whatever you're doing. Yeah, it just might be you're the middle management and that's a great job and you can do all the things that you never got to do as a kid. I mean, my like I, when I was a kid, we would just, I didn't know what it was like, what it was like to go to Disneyland. I, every growing up, every week, some kid would be taking a week off of school, like, yeah, hey, we're taking a family trip to Orlando. I'm like, well. Great, because my parents couldn't afford to put yeah. like six kids on a plane, you know, like yeah. that and just wasn't a reality. Um, and then I grew up and I went to Disney World. I was like, eh, not that great. <laughs> I guess I'm fine. Um, right. That's a, yes. yes. I, I don't know. I guess yes. I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm making sense to the people listening is like, let's make the most of what we do have and ask for help and ask people's questions. Um, just don't get, focus on it too. Yeah. If it really irritates you, I mean, if, if, yeah, if there's someone that has reached a level of success and that ear and that, that just irritates you and eats away at you. I mean, literally it's eating away at you and it's taking away parts of you. So much waste of energy that could contribute to something so much better for yourself. Just focus on yourself, focus on your own thing and yeah. it'll, you'll be a much happier person at least in that, you'll be a much happier person. I totally person. agree. And I don't know. I don't know what advantages Kylie. I mean, Kylie's had a ton of advantages, but she's a billionaire. It's amazing. She's, she's 21 years 20. old. It's amazing. I'm, and I'm sure she's been super fortunate. I don't. I'm it's not, Yeah. Yeah. And she clearly has. No, but she knows. I mean, she's a smart girl. She knows. She ha You can't. Exactly you, you don't just fall her, into a billion dollars. No, I'm sorry. You I don't. don't. You she just, knows exactly who her audience is. She yeah. knows. She knows her product. Yeah. She's. So it's all. You know. I would rather compliment that than criticize whether she's had privilege, which she's had, and that's awesome. And congratulations. Yeah. And then like that. let's acknowledge it and then move on, right? Yeah. And then if I if I you know were someone that was looking at her situation, I would want to be asking quite like this is goes back to the asking questions thing. I would be asking questions about like. If how? I ever met Kylie, I would, as a yeah. small business owner, and there's a lot of things I can't relate to, and she can't be like, we'll get a billion followers. I would still <laughs> be like, well, what is, I would, I would have a, so many questions for her. I will. I would. I would just be like, well, tell me about this. And there's a lot of things that she'd say she did that, well, I can't do that. Okay. I can't do that. But there's, I guarantee there's things that she could teach me that yeah. she's done. And I would be thrilled to hear that. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. Uh, we, uh, you up for some uh, questions with uh, some some fans and uh, share your words of wisdom as a, yeah. as a tutor and life That's coach. So Do you kind of consider yourself a bit of a life coach as well? I don't know if I want to like take that on. It's kind of like a, <laughs> yeah, it's not the most positive. I like to just be like, I'm, I know math and I know these things. I mean, like I, you know, I, if I can help people out in that way, honestly, I think that's really great. And I appreciate, um, I appreciate people asking me that. I don't know if I want to like say that I'm a life coach because I just, I don't know. If I get I'm, it. You know what I mean? No. It's a lot of responsibility. But you probably tutor about life a lot, especially. When yeah. Well, I mean, what we try and do, you know, cause you were asking about like life skills and stuff like that. Like, do we teach life skills? Yeah. Do we teach? And it's not like we teach life skills, but we try 
and understand the skills that you use as an adult yeah. and try and apply that to, you know, through the curriculum. Like two plus two is two. Two plus two is four. Yeah. Also, don't be a douche. Yes. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just side note, extra credit. Extra, extra credit. credit. What do you do, do in this situation yeah. to not be a douche? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but we, no, we really do though. We try and just get them because I mean, you know, you get the question all the time. It's just like, when am I ever going to use the Pythagorean theorem ever again in my life? And wait, wait, wait. the wait, question wait. is, you probably wait. The Pythagorean is it? Oh, which one? No, it's know, it's okay. a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Yes. Fuck yeah! You just used it again. Uh, what's the one that's uh, plus or minus <laughs> the square root of four uh, a plus? Four, that's the quadratic, quadratic equation. Of, oh yes. <laughs> It was pretty. See? See? I no, I remember too. I remember when I was like just tutoring math. And I was like, remember all those times when you were like, I'm never going to use this again? I was like, don't become a tutor because you will use it. <laughs> you will use it again. Well, uh, uh, but yeah, but it's like more so, it's just like, it's problem solving skills, really, too, at the end of the day. It is. That's, and that is, that's a key to life. Yes. Well, it's one of them, I think. Yeah, it is. Hi, Nick. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, this is my friend, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? Good Hi, you. I'm good. How are you? Whatever she says, you should listen to. She is, she knows what she's talking about. Great. Well, Kelsey, I am good. Kelsey, um, how can we help you? So I wrote in, I had a question about me and my boyfriend. Okay. We've been together officially uh, about four months since December. But before we were officially together, I was, you know, seeing other people. I live near New York, and that's just kind of what you do. Um, I learned <laughs> because you're early near, on. <laughs> because you're near New York. <laughs> yeah. Just I, to be fair to you, Kelsey, guess, <laughs> it's not just a New York thing. Uh, but continue. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, whatever. I think I guess especially feel it out here. Okay. But um, yeah, so I was seeing other people. He apparently was not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of on him. I straight up told him at one point, you know, I don't think you and I are in a relationship at this point. I'm still keeping my options open. Like, I was very clear when I told him this. Mm -hmm. And about two months after that conversation is when we made it official. Okay. So he didn't realize that, you know, I meant what I said. And I was actually seeing other people. <laughs> he didn't realize that. <laughs> Right. Okay. Okay. I immediately like you, Kelsey. Um, I know. So, me too. I'm, I'm me too. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of sometimes a point of contention. Like he and I have been together a couple months now and it's going really strong and everything's fun. And he's a great guy. I really like him. My family likes him, but every once in a while, like this will come up about how he doesn't trust me all the way. And, uh, there was a little bit of a twist to this where, I kind of had goals for myself to maybe be a little bit more of a hoe than I have been in the past. Um, Wait. It's just so we're hearing you correctly. Did uh, you say goals? <laughs> goals to be a hoe? Yeah. How like, old are you, yeah. Kelsey? <laughs> how, how old are you? Kelsey, yeah. own it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's but, much what they were. I, I had two goals in particular. Um, <laughs> so one of them was I wanted to get my number and I think you guys know what I mean by number, up to a certain number by the end of 2018. And when I met Mike, it was uh, Q2 of 2018. And let's just say I was Q2 a little behind. Of my 
Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, and you were how? And you were how old are you, Kelsey? I'm 26. Okay. And so, when did you set? When you did know, you set I, the goal? How long? Um, her quarterly statement was behind the mark a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah. All, all right. So, uh, okay. I can I ask you some questions? Yeah, I mean, whatever you got to do. Uh, I'm just kind of. This is fascinating. Why? What made you want to get your number up? I'm, um, I'm just. I'm not. I, I have no judgment. I'm just curious. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. It's a fair question. I just kind of did. Um, okay. I didn't really act out a lot in college. And I didn't do anything at all in high school. Okay. So now that I was in, now that I was in my mid twenties, I was like, if I'm not gonna, you know, go nuts, you know, I, I don't know. I guess this is kind of the time because I just didn't in college, and a lot of my friends did. I, uh, so, yeah, you're like my turn. I appreciate the self awareness. <laughs> I mean, for those who are listening, I'm, I'm assuming the, I, I don't assume. I know there's people listening who are just like all these different opinions thrown out right now. But what, what is, listen. This is your choice. You yeah. want to, you know, experience uh, more sex and you are entitled to that sex positive. Um, yeah. I appreciate the self-awareness. I mean, you're also an adult, so you are entitled to, to do that. And you seem to have a good sense of humor about it, which I appreciate. I just um, love how matter of factly and how openly you're saying this right now. I think it's really great. How old is uh, your gentleman? He is 30. He's 30. And, um, hmm. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a gap, but not too much. Yeah, it's totally fine. I thought he would. I thought he would be younger, to be honest. Um, no, he's like he knows what he wants at this point. So I think that is part of why I'm in a committed thing with him. Okay, the, but, not um, because necessarily you're ready. Are you reluctantly in this relationship? No, you're in. No, but you're, you're happy. Well, by the by the time he and I made it official, I knocked off both my goals. Well, I was going to so say, that was my next question. I was like, well, did you hit your goal? This is great. Before you, I, I before did. you made it official? Okay, so you're happy because yeah. you're is like, he aware? got there. Sorry, I'm go sorry, ahead. No, please. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, like, so you're happy because you're like, okay, cool. I mean, was that your thing? You're like, hey, before I make it official, I got to hit this goal. Was that like the sort of the oh, thing or? Um, it would have been, obviously, I'm happy that I did hit both of my goals. The other goal, by the way, was I wanted to get two people under my belt, so to speak, within the same 24 hour period. Um, Wild. So that was At my second goal. And I- 24 hours or- And you had reached the goal. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, like two new people in the span of 24, one, one fabulous weekend, I guess. You know, listen, I, I, I'm really curious about this call for, you know, again, we talked about we I have a predominantly female audience. Um, this is an interesting caller for uh, you. Thank you for speaking so freely. But, um, yeah. you know, again, the stereotype of men going out um, and, and having this having this type of activity. And, yeah, they could be like, oh, he's a player, kind of a, a man whore. But they call it man whore, not. You know, they, oh, because it's kind of like, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope people aren't listening. You know, listen, Kelsey wanted to have some sex mm -hmm. and she wanted to experience life as a single person. Did it make safely, you feel hope, safely, safely, hopefully? Yeah. Safely. I hope everything yes, was done no, safely. Great. Yeah. Was it a liberating um, feeling um, that you wanted to experience? I just didn't want to feel like I was missing something. And I guess this is a very weird and quantitative way 
to make myself not feel that way, but I'm a very analytical person. Cl- yes, so uh, clearly. <laughs> I mean, Q2. I'm the yeah. And again, for those of you listening, this is, this is, so uh, this is, yeah. Like, again, we have different ways of how we process and communicate. Kelsey's clearly analytical as uh, we can yes. <laughs> tell. I appreciate well, it. I have your numbers. Very person. matter of fact. I, I, I love it. Uh, but getting Thank into you. your relationship, um, clearly you're vocal and you are, um, so confident in yourself that you're willing to come on this podcast and share your story. And I, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, Thanks. Is he obviously aware of this whole thing? So, yes, he is. And that's kind of why we still fight about it, because I wanted to get a certain point, you know, hit a certain number. And with the addition of him, I still had two numbers to go. When when you met him. Yeah. So when when he and I first got together physically... I st- after after adding him to the list, I still had two more open spots to hit my goal. <laughs> Fucking wild. So, um, and so okay, but you weren't official. Problem. You weren't official. No, we were not. And I made a point. This is very important. I made a point of laying my cards out there, and not exactly saying what my goals were, but saying you know he had just gotten out of a very serious relationship. I had been single for a few years and wasn't quite ready yet at that point to be in a relationship. So I laid it out very clearly, like, hey, you might want some time for yourself to be single, and I still want more time for myself to be single. So let's not put all of our eggs in one basket right now and continue just, you know, seeing each other casually and seeing where it goes. And um, he agreed, but, you know, he said that he didn't really take it that seriously, and he was treating me like the only one, but then I literally the next day uh, went and got with someone else to knock off my 24 hour period goal. Yeah, no. And, and cause at goals that point I wasn't thinking relationship. I told him what I was thinking and I felt free to do what I wanted to do. Um, and then a few weeks after that, it was another guy's birthday. So, you know, happy birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I was able to reach my goal. For both of both goals, I was able to reach both of my goals in October, and I had until New Year's, so I was feeling pretty good about myself. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) So then fast forward to December. So, so, you know, this was September, October, where I was accomplishing the goals. In December, like, I was basically at the point with Mike where I knew I was ready to be in a relationship. Uh And he... He claims he made it official, but it was really me. Uh, he like brought me out to the city for like this night on the town to like with the purpose of asking me to be his official girlfriend. But then like I just beat him to it because I was getting impatient. Sure. And I was like, oh, can we just be official already? And he was like, oh, that was the point of this trip to the city. <laughs> um, so by the time December rolled around, I was ready to be in a relationship. But I told him about the goals at that point. I said, you know, before we make this official, I just want to lay everything out there and tell you what I've been up to the last couple months. And he was like, look, I can understand, you know, you wanting to experience things, but I don't understand why I wasn't enough. Why, like, you may have had these goals before you met me, but then when you did meet me, why did you still want to pursue them? Why wasn't I enough? And I was like, look, all I could do was tell you, and I did tell you that I was still playing the field. So, this was a few months ago. This was in December. And, you know, it's March now. We're going strong. Everything's great. I'm seeing him later tonight. 
But every once in a while, you know, it'll come up that he doesn't fully trust me because I was able to do these things I did. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like that we have a crack in our foundation, so to speak. Like, I really like this guy. I know it may not seem like it from the onset, but I've gotten to the point where I do really, really care about him so much. And I want to be with him for a while. But now I realize that, you know, we might not always have the most even footing if we're starting off at this place of, do I really trust you? So that's kind of my question is, Nick, I know you um, know what it's like to have a clear favorite in a group of three. Uh, hate to bring that to you, but, you know, how do you handle it going forward? You know, on The Bachelor, I'm trying to make a connection here, but, you know, you it's known that you're dating multiple people at once. I tried to make it known I was dating multiple people at once, but it still played out kind of weird. So I was wondering if there was any perspective on just how I can continue to reassure my boyfriend and make him think that he can trust me because he can. I have no intention of not being faithful to him. Well, here's what's interesting is that I don't think your issue is trust. Uh, If you did, if you could have done anything better, it sounds like the way you tell the story is that you're honest with him about, uh, I'm not ready to settle down and implied, you know, there's an obvious implication there that there's, why aren't you ready to settle down? Because I want to keep dating other people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in a communal relationship, you have the right to do whatever you want. Um, right. you, you maybe could have been a, you know, you're obviously clearly upfront and direct person. You could have really leaned Thanks. into that and been like, just so we're on the same page. I plan on having sex with other people. Well, when I first met him, I was having sex with someone else and he knew about that okay. person when I met him. Okay. So <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I don't think honesty is really the problem. You've been very upfront. You seem like a great communicator. Your own, your, your biggest problem could be, and I can relate to this, over-communicating sometimes. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I just, you know, like I don't, I don't think... He, he has the right to feel how he feels and it feels yeah. like it's trust. But I, if he was going to listen, I would suggest, in fact, you, he could probably trust you more than anyone he's ever trusted <laughs> yeah, before. Right. No, because you're so, you're <laughs> so like, you're so open yeah. about your experiences. What he's having, you know, like a hard time processing is this need of feeling like he's enough. And that's a real feeling yeah. that people feel out there. Uh, but both men and women too, I think, I think it's important to feel special in a relationship, not to discount that. But I think sometimes, again, going back to people get bogged down in the idea of things. I mean, it's all perspective on what he values and what he thinks is enough. Yeah. The fact that you are so liberating and open and wanting to do this, but he's the guy that you truly want to commit to is makes him special. Maybe not to him, but into your mind it does. So his his perception of feeling special is entirely up to him. There's not and I guess my yeah. point is that's not anything you can necessarily control. Um right. he I don't know the dynamics and it sounds like you really care about him being a nice guy, but I think it's very self-aware for you to recognize that there's a crack in your foundation and before you really get serious with this guy, he needs to accept you for who you are. And the person yeah. that you uh, were before the relationship, and he needs to, and again, he, you might not be the girl for him, and that's fine for him not to want to be with someone who might be as sexually liberated as you are. That's not a crime, and for all those, like, and again, this is all personal preference. 
but you deserve to be with someone who sees your openness and your risk taking, you know, while being safe. And the fact that you wanted to right. live your life before you, and you were self-aware to know that this is what you want to do so that you can fully yeah. give yourself to whatever relationship you are in is a, is an admirable quality, but someone needs to appreciate that about you. You need to be with a guy who is confident enough to probably have done the same thing. And his ego right. isn't so big that he, he knows that he's enough because, you know, does that make sense? And I don't know if he yeah. is the guy for you because he just needs to see that for what it is and not to make it worse. And he just needs to accept it. Right. Because it's kind of like when you're cheated on and some, Oh, I forgive you. And then they don't, really, they forgive don't really forgive you. He yeah. can't get bring, if if he wants yeah. to be with you, he needs to ex, he needs to like accept th how you met in the early stages of your relationship sooner than later. And if he doesn't yeah. want to, that's okay on him too. It doesn't make him a bad guy. You know, he can yeah. he's entitled to not be okay right. with the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you did anything wrong, but he's entitled to not be okay with it. I think he too, deserves he deserves to be honest with you about him whether he's actually okay with it or not. I think that maybe and if you're trying to get to the reassurance part, if you're like, okay, what can I do cuz I really care about him and I want to be with him and I want to try and figure this out. What can I do to make this issue less of an issue? I think right. maybe communicating yeah. to him that his issue of like of the reason why you had these goals has nothing to do with him. Yeah. And only to do with yourself. It's a great point. Right. You were it, always going to do this. Sleep, yeah. You didn't, you didn't sleep with other people because he wasn't good in bed or something like that. You were sleeping no. with other people because you had a personal goal because you wanted to, it had nothing to do. Yeah, it should be like, it wasn't about you. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe yeah. letting him know that the way that you feel about him does it, is is neither here nor there in terms of what you were doing in the first two months of your relationship. Yeah. And what is about him is the fact that you really like him and you want to be in a committed relationship and you don't exactly. need to continue uh, what you were doing because, you know. Now you feel fulfilled. And you clearly are someone yeah. who's confident in themselves that if they didn't meet the right person could just continue to have a very entertaining life. <laughs> right. And so Thank he you. isn't filling a void. He, you're dating him because of the person he is. And I think, I think the Tiffany's point, let him know that and communicate that with him yeah. to give him that confidence. But also I think maybe have a conversation with about like, what do you mean by you don't trust me? Because I've been completely honest and I understand exactly. if you're not okay with what I've done, but you certainly can trust me. Um, yeah. cause there's two, there's a couple, it's feeling, he, it's him feeling as a guy like inadequate or yeah, out of his definitely. masculinity and, and, and again, and for different reasons, women can feel that too. Yeah. I've had plenty of women be like, well, I want, you know, I want to feel, you know, everyone wants to feel special in their relationship, but it's all perspective. You know, he should yeah. feel special. He just doesn't in a traditional sense of how you. I mean, there's met. probably always something kind of deep down inside him that thinks just like, what if she wants to start doing this again? Then like, I'm going to get hurt, you know? So I'm, there's probably yeah. always the, that fear. But I mean, it's like you could what if yourself into yeah. lunacy. So yeah, but should you have that fear regardless? Like, right. You, You're you right. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, listen, yeah. I think Tiffany makes a great point. You, um, I think we all, and I can do a better job of this. We all, you know, you, this is a strength of yours, uh, the, who you are into you, but 
it can sometimes be intimidating to people. Uh, sometimes it can rub your, your admirable qualities can sometimes rub people the wrong way, even in relationships. And so being aware of how you come off or, you know, and not, you know, just every, anyone and especially in a relationship, how do you communicate that? So he doesn't, he sees it as, as a quality and ultimately he needs to do that too. And, you know, it's not your job to make him appreciate you. But how you communicate your action so he understands your point of view is an important thing. And that, that's the biggest disconnect is he doesn't really seem to understand where you are coming from. Yeah. And your motivations, um, his, he thinks it's about, and he thinks it's about him and it's not, a, it's not about it's him not at about all. Him. Um, yeah, you guys are... Um, so try to help him understand and try to ask questions and, and make him feel confident and do whatever you can. But I do think at some point he needs to accept you for who you are. Um, and And he needs to just accept that that's what it was and it's not that anymore. And you can move on from, from, from that rather than continuing to bring it up, which is really hard to do by the way. It's not like it's, I mean, I think we all have issues of, you know, like when you're in a relationship of things coming up from the past and continuing to fight about things yeah. that happened like five years I mean, listen, ago and stuff like that. But yeah. And in fairness yeah. to this guy, like, listen, it would have been more ideal had you met your goals and then met someone six months later. Yes. Right. right. There does this kind of overlap. It, it was like any guy is going to like, uh, okay. Like, or even girl, like it's, this is not a sex thing. It's, you yeah. know, the overlap kind of makes. Yeah. It's circumstantial, isn't yeah. it? I think relationships are highly, I, I think successful, the success of a relationship is like half circumstantial. Sure. I feel like you can meet the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams and not be in the right place to be with them at that totally. moment, which yeah. kind of seems like, you know, I don't know if he's like the man of your dreams, but it seems like you met someone while you were in the middle of, you know, this life. Yes. Like while you're in the middle of working on something else. And so, um, and so, yeah. So like, yeah. it's, if you had met him afterwards, then obviously this issue wouldn't have even been been one. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So just to sum it up, I think the best advice is I wouldn't apologize. You were honest. I would uh, articulate that you were very honest, but I would empathize with his point of view um, that you understand where he's coming from and then try your best to. Uh, make him feel how you feel about him and that you really care about him and you really want to see this relationship can go, but he does have yeah. to trust you. And that trust yeah. is going to, is ultimately on him. Thank you guys. Yeah, I agree. I think part of it is just time. Like as it goes on, it'll become less and less relevant and, you know, we're going to continue to grow closer as we would. Hopefully. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, we'll take the sting out of it. You know, as long as I keep being reassuring and letting him know that I care, like you guys are saying, then, you know, time will speak for itself. Hopefully. But if in six months from now, he is still bringing up and not dropping it, I think that's a red flag you should consider. He may, he might not ever, you don't want to invest in a relationship that he, five years from now, he can't be bringing this up. And that happens in relationships where people will not get over things and you don't want that to grow into like a, like a tumor and and be Mm -hmm. a bigger problem down the the, the line. So. You have a good point. I mean, I'm definitely going to continue to be self-aware. So I'll be, I'll be running those little checks 
for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for the very entertaining call. Thanks, uh, all I'm the best to you your, and your boyfriend. Um, take care. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. You too. Hi. Hello. Hi. What is your name? Marina. Hi, Marina. I'm Nick. This is Tiffany. Hi, Marina. What's your question? Hi. So my question is, um, about six weeks ago, my best friend and I had a disagreement because she has been liking and commenting on pictures of a girl who my only real serious boyfriend so far cheated on me with. <sighs> And I've asked her to stop a few times. It's been going on for a few years and she hasn't. And this time when I confronted her, she just said that I was being insecure and that I needed to get over it. So my question is like, am I overreacting? Like, what do you think? Are you still dating this guy? No. How long has it been? Um, about three years. Oh. Uh, is she friends with this girl? No. They what is she liking about the... I don't yeah, know. why? Why is she... Seems like, like such a, a simple ask. I don't know. So they went to high school together and she kind of knew her, I guess. But when he cheated on me and I told her like who the girl was, they weren't following each other on any social media platforms or anything like that at all. And then they started following each other? She, yeah, my best friend followed her about a year after the cheating and started liking all her stuff and commenting. And this is out of nowhere. She's not like a, like an influencer of any, like, does she look up to anything that she does on her social media account? Um, yeah, no, there's really no reason for it because, (laughs) so, I mean, it's not like they each other or their friends or they bump into each other. It's kind of just out of the blue. Uh, I have a thought, but do you have, uh, do you want to? I mean, that would annoy me. I would just be like, why? Totally. I mean, there's no. Why? What does she say when you ask her why, actually? I mean, you've asked her why. Uh, So when I asked her why, she just kind of said, like, it's social media. It's not a big deal. Um, And basically just said, like, you shouldn't care. She can't tell you how to feel. Okay. Um, well, what do you think? I, listen, I, I loyalty matters to me in friendships. And so that would bug me. Um, the fact like there's no real motivation for her. They're not even friends. Like it can be, it could be dicey. Let's say she was kind of friends with this girl and now she has to pick sides. If she's truly mm-hmm. your best friend, it would seem like such a simple ask to ask your best friend to have your back in this situation yeah. and not like the picture. That being said, right. yeah, I mean, sure. If you want to look at the other side, um, she shouldn't tell you how to feel, but forgetting about her opinion, you know, um, trying to like let go of that unfortunate situation uh, would be helpful. I mean, it'd be nice if she helped you along the way to do that. Right. And she would probably help you move on from it completely if she just stopped making it a thing. But she's like, scraping the wound. She's, I mean, is she like doing, do you, have you guys been arguing or like, have you, I mean, I've definitely had friendships with very, very close people that like, we were you like kind of annoying each other for a long time and kind of like doing things to get on each other's nerves and press each other's buttons a little bit. Um, no, I mean like we've had a really great friendship, which is why this is ultimately so confusing to me. Um, and for me, it's not really about 
like the likes and the comments. It's that I've asked her to stop and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop. And then doesn't. And I had this locked. So I didn't even know it was happening. And then whenever I like kind of discovered it, I was like, this has been going on for years after you said you were stopping. So, so she's lying to you. It's weird. I mean, how, and I, how old are you? 26. Okay. I mean, yeah. She might not be the best friend that you thought she is. I like, yeah, that would really annoy me. And I would just be like, is it worth, was it worth it? I mean, I'd be like, is it, is it worth, like you feel the need so strongly to like and comment on her photos when you know that it's hurting my feelings? Like, what is Mm -hmm. it? Does, does this other girl get some sort of, I mean, I'm talking about the chi, the chi tea. Does she, does she, um, does she get like, is she like loving the likes and comments specifically from your friend for something? Have they like had some sort of bond? Like, it's just, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. To be honest. I know. All the comments are just kind of the typical girl. Like you're so beautiful. Yeah. You have such a beautiful and that's one that bothers me. You have such a beautiful soul. Bitch, you know, I actually know. And then like fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Here, you know what? Here's my takeaway. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just have a question. How did you find out she was even... Like, um, she's really into fitness and she's beautiful. Like the girl he cheated with, like she's beautiful. Um. But it's always like kind of like half naked pictures of her. And then my best friend is commenting like, you're so incredible. And I'm like, that's who my boyfriend cheated with. Like, But how are you even seeing this? Are you stalking her? (laughs) The cheaty? Are you stalking her? Open Pandora's box probably. How are you? So the reason why is because I follow a boudoir photographer. And the boudoir photographer posted pictures because this girl went and had a session with her. So I saw all of those, which was really fun. And then um, <laughs> I went to like new boudoir photographer so that I wouldn't see them for a while and uh, noticed that my best friend on those had commented and liked them. And oh. I was like, is she doing this on her normal profile too? So I went uh, well, down the rabbit hole. So here's my thought on this. I now have a, a strong opinion <laughs> after hearing about all this. Uh, this happened three years ago, the cheating. Mm-hmm. Not to downplay, like cheating is a terrible thing to happen to anyone and it's hard to get over. But three years is too long for you to still be pining over this experience um, of being cheated on. And unfortunately, the situation that your friend is putting you in, it's like, again, it's like scratching at a wound and it's, she's not letting it heal. And you should just, you should not have to worry about like this. You being reminded of your boyfriend being cheated is not something you sh- you should be indifferent about it at this point, and it's not entirely your fault that you're not. You could probably try to do things. My so my guess the follow up to that is I personally think it's super weird when people lie about weird small things, and I usually think in those situations it's like that is a red flag for that's just the only thing you know that they're lying about. And this weird little motivation, we don't know. There's something more there. I don't know what it is, but she's lying to you for no goddamn reason. 
which means that she has no problem with lying to you for no goddamn reason. And to me, that's a red flag as a human being, as a person. And so I hate to say it, that maybe this best friend is not really your best friend. And she certainly doesn't have the qualities I would want in a best friend. And my best friend, I want them to be loyal to me to a fault. And if I'm being unreasonable with some of my loyalty requests to have that friend check me, but I don't think you're being unreasonable and if like, she's like, oh, well, she was my best friend too. And I don't want to fine, but that's not seems to be the situation here. So I, I guess the biggest takeaway is you need to get yourself to a place where this cheating experience is something you're no longer stressing about or thinking about, or even putting any effort into it's been three years and you need to get over it. And I don't say that as like, get over it. Like you need to put yourself in a situation to help yourself get over it. And unfortunately your best friend is making it worse, not better. And so if that's the case, you need to remove that from the equation. And I think to help you do that is to realize that she's lying to you about dumb shit. And that's, that to me makes me really nervous. I, I, people who lie to me about dumb things make me really nervous because that means they, they, they'll lie about big things. And this, the covert stuff makes me really nervous too. I don't like, I just think it's all kind of shady. And I, if it were me, I would personally not, I would like really distance myself from this friend because she's obviously not making you feel very good. Yeah. And like what, like you just, I just don't, I don't know. It's hard. And like, this is such a girl thing. That guy, I mean, for me, I don't know. I don't it's that's, like, I just men think do it too. Maybe that's I can't imagine a guy liking another guy's photos. Of yeah, someone but I'm not, that it's is, not the liking his friend's part, girlfriend but, cheated with him on. <laughs> and I hate to say that not to be like sexist or anything like that, or like anti-feminist, but like, um, it's just, I mean, this, this is like, just don't be friends with people that don't make you feel good about yourself. Yes, I think I don't like that. And it's like, it's obviously hurting yeah. your feelings and it's like not helping you get over this thing that happened a few years ago and she knows it hurts your feelings, obviously. And she's still doing it. And I think that's kind of fucked up. Having a best friend is also a a relationship and every relationship every day should be a measurable, like it, there's no free pass. Like every day you have to earn that friendship and she's not doing a good job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of about like, it's not really about the cheating anymore. Like, that's long in the past. And honestly, I don't even really hold it against this girl. Cause I'm like, who knows? Maybe she didn't even know that he had a girlfriend. Like, I don't know what she knew. I've never talked to her. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a thing for me. It's like, you told me you stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I had count blocks. I didn't know, but you never stopped. Like it was still going on. And it wasn't just like a like here and there either. It's like every single picture. So I'm like, that's the bigger issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a bigger issue. And when I confronted her about it this time, she just said, um, literally, not everything is about you. Like, that was her response. Uh, not everything is about you. And I'm like, but this is not everything. Is about you. So but mad. also, like, to me, I hate it when people say stuff like that, because that's not the point. And again, I we just met you. So right. maybe you're a totally selfish person. I don't know. Right. Like, whatever. <laughs> But the point is you have the right to feel the way you do. And if your best friend, that's what best friends are for to ask these kind of crazy favors and have loyalty within reasonable. And if her response is it's not about you, then fine. Fair enough. We're just not best friends. Like, you know, I mean, yes, yes, that's, that's, that's totally right. You're right. But I want this, you know what I'm saying? Like she, you're like, right. It's not about me, but 
I don't like you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, so because we're talking uh, about friendship here. We're not talking <laughs> about whether we're not talking about Instagram. This is not about Instagram likes or comments. It's no, it's and about, like, why do you feel like you need to do? Like, <coughs> I'm supposed to be your best friend, and like, you want like, so why is this girl? Ha- why why is you like it's just this urge that you have to comment and like her photos? Yeah. Does that like trump over our friendship? I don't get it. This is a story about loyalty yeah. and honesty and being upfront mm-hmm. and and and. and not telling little white lies. And if you're willing to tell a little white lie, you're willing to tell a big lie. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you should focus on and try to figure out, do you want that in your life or do you not? And just because she's your best friend today doesn't, or was your best friend yesterday, doesn't mean she's your best friend today and doesn't mean she should be your best friend tomorrow. And every day is a new day to prove your loyalty and friendship to all the people in your life. And Family is one thing, you know, they're family. You love them to death do your part, but friendships come and go. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. they do. Know. Yeah. I think a lot of us feel obligated to be friends with people that we've been friends with for a really, really long time. And I think you have to ask yourself if you were to meet them today, would you want to be their friend? Yeah. And a breaking up with a friend is sometimes like hard as breaking up with a, a significant other, but sometimes to Tiffany's point, if they're not making you feel better about yourself, then you need to remove those equations from your life. Yeah, I agree. It's just, I mean, like, it is really hard because she's been a part of my life for so long. So it's like, I was just making sure I'm not, like, completely overreacting and, like, blowing something up for no reason. I don't think so, you are. I, I mean, so. there's a reason enough to call and get our advice. I mean, right? it's not like you've, like, Follow beat her your up gut. or anything. Yeah, yeah you know. So, Listen, yeah. you've 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 communicated with her. She she it's on her now. You have other friends. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I guess what what is our what is our takeaway? What is our Um, let's all call having sex meeting our goals meeting now. Our goals. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. So let's try and put this in the bigger picture here. Yeah. Owning yourself, being self-aware. Being self-aware. Mm-hmm. That's I, I think that was great. Um but yeah, I mean, like, obviously you're doing a lot of great things. I think higher education, I mean, education in, in general is something that is important that I think we sometimes uh, dismiss at times, but the ed- actually education, not the idea of an education mm-hmm. or the degree, um, we can learn both in school and from mentors in life. And I think uh, bettering ourselves is very important and sounds like you're doing a lot of great things. Yeah, to just do learning, that. you know, learning in general, being open yeah. to learning you know, I always say that I'm always trying to teach my students how to learn so that when they're adults, it's a skill. they want to learn about things and they have interest in things. And um, I think bringing, not having education be like so much of its own sector so much, but really just a part of everyone's life because totally. like educating yourself is, is a, is you a do not stop thing. learning when you stop going to school. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really cool. And I commend you for, um, you know, starting uh, novel, N-O-V-E-L, <laughs> novel. Can you use it in a sentence? Indeed, I can. Um, I've never won a spelling bee. Obviously. I won my third grade spelling bee. Oh, of course you did. I spelled the word cassette. <laughs> That's a hard one. It's a hard word. That's a hard one. So, you know, just there's C-A-S-S-E-T-E. that. C-A-S-S-E-T-T? Yes. E? Yes. <laughs> he wasn't going to add the E. I was not going to add the E. I'm fucking terrible at spelling. 
Anyways, uh, I thank you so much for uh, being with us. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, come back anytime. You're you're in LA. Thank you. Yes. And if I I'm, I may now that I have your cell phone number, uh, text you um, how to spell things. Yes, no problem. Because here's my problem. I'll I'll, I'll here's my answer. Problem. Yeah. I'm so bad that it's like, how do you you know like you autocorrect? And last times my iPhone's like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> you spelled it so badly. So badly. They're like, and I, I've spent everything like, in our computational powers cannot. I'm like, help I'm going you. through all these options and I finally I'm like, okay, what's a smaller word that says the same thing that I know how to spell? That one. Great. I'll use that. Um anyways. Um thank you for joining with Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget us to rate us on iTunes. Five stars if you want. You can again find natural habits at NH Oils. Dot com. This has been a ton of fun. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. You're crazy.